Good morning. Oh, come on. Y'all could do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. One more time for the Holy Ghost. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, alive and well. And just in case you don't really understand what I mean by that, I'm glad to be here not eulogizing nobody this morning. So since nobody's being eulogized this morning, why don't we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. There might be some eulogies going on all across this nation and world, but I'm glad to be amongst the living. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you all for your hospitality and your presence under these uncertain times that we find ourselves living. These masks really get on my nerves, but I'm reminded what my mother told me when I told her that I can barely breathe in these masks. She said, you might find yourself not breathing at all, so <laughs> wear your mask. And so everybody want to get to heaven, but not yet, right? Um, but it's good to be here. I want to thank Brandon for his um, hospitality and for his friendship and um, his acquaintance with him. He is a good dude. And um, we have become closer and closer um, through the years. I've been here like four years. Well, it'll be four years in October. Uh, serve as the pastor and director of the Baptist Student Foundation at Purdue University. And if you're interested in pouring into the young people, come by and say hello to us from time to time. We're right there at 200 North Russell Street, uh, right across the street from um, the, the New Honors College there. And we'd love to have you come by and say hello and hang out with the young people from time to time. Um, so yeah, um, to Brandon and his family, hope they're enjoying their vacation, and um, I hope I do him proudly. <laughs> so um, and thanks, my wife is here, say hello, Felicia. She has joined us this morning as well. And so, y'all move quick around here. I mean, 15 minutes, we all, I'm already up here ready to go, so let's get right to it, <laughs> amen? I want to thank you, Katie, for playing this morning, and again, thank you all for your presence. Let's look at the gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, and I'll read in your hearing verses 35 through 45. I'm really going to focus in on verses 40 through 43. Oh, actually 42. But I'm just going to read that. I just want to give you all the context of what's happening here. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 1, verse 35 through 45. But I'm really going to focus in on verses 40 through 42. Mark chapter 1. Verses 35 through 45 reads as thus. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he, Jesus, went out and departed to a solitary place 
and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go to the other side or into the next towns that I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Verse 40, now a leper came to him begging him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Verse 43, and he, and, and he, Jesus, strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Let us pray. Gracious and eternal God, preach, teach, and speak. Speak. Preach and teach. Teach God. Speak God and preach as only you can. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our strength and redeemer. I'm going to read 40 through 42 once more. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he has spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Topic for discussion this morning is healing the soul of America. Healing the soul of America. Healing the soul of America. The gospel according to Mark, probably one of my most favorite gospels, between Mark and Luke, actually. And they are my two most favorite gospels. I just love the Markian gospel stories because of the dual focus Focus life of Jesus that we see in this gospel, his life, you see Jesus' life of service and sacrifice. Jesus ministers to the needs of all people, and that's his service, even to the point of death, that's his sacrifice. In addition, there's at least 
three very important motifs or, or themes throughout this gospel of Mark, and we actually see those three motifs through these 35 verses. And those three motifs, or those three themes through the gospel of Mark, we find is the, is the theme of immediacy, the theme of secrecy, and the theme of what I would call travel. See, Jesus seems to always be traveling. He stays on the move according to the gospel of Mark. In the text, we find Jesus on the move. <laughs> he moves from the people to a solitary place where he would pray. And while in prayer, perhaps it was revealed to Jesus that, 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 that he must move from one place to another to preach because according to Jesus, for this purpose, I have come. Yes, Jesus didn't come to be a politician. Jesus didn't come policing people. Jesus didn't come condemning people. Jesus says in this text that he came to Euangelizo to, to, to preach the good news. And when he moves to the other side, Jesus and his followers encounter a body, a body created in God's image. Uh, and this body is not known by his name, but is only known by his condition of leprosy. Leprosy was and still is a serious skin disease believed to be highly contagious. And under the law, a leper was religiously and ceremonially unclean. Because of their health condition, lepers faced tremendous political, social, and religious obstacles that kept them from being their best. Lepers were unapproachable, untouchable, unequal, unemployable. This leper in the text was at a disadvantage. He was diseased. He was differently or diversely abled. He was discouraged and at a great disadvantage. He was disconnected from his family and his friends. He was just one dis-brother, dehumanized, demoralized, and displaced. In fact, in fact, he was even disallowed in the church. As I was reading this text, read chapter one when you get a chance, the entire chapter. You will find that those who are demon-possessed <laughs> or unclean on the inside are sitting up in the church. But those who are unclean like this leper on the outside is not welcome in the church. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk. That, that's a sermon for another day. But read the chapter when you get a chance. So, 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 so this nameless, this nameless body who was dismissed and banned from the so-called healthy society and subjected to a leper colony, this nameless body, this nameless image of God with a pre-existing condition 
considered by society as socially and psychologically dead. There was no use in society for this gentleman. Why? Because of his skin. <laughs> in the book, Child's Introduction to the Old Testament, Frank Gorman Jr. writes, persons ruled unclean by the priests were to move outside the city, an expression of social death. And even if a leper dared to get too close to someone who was, non, who was a non-leper, he was required to scream out or cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And then it was lawful for folks to pick up stones to throw at the leper to create distance. And they dare would get too close to a leper. Could you imagine being in a society where you had to cry out your disease, your illness, HIV, HIV, AIDS, AIDS, Ebola, Ebola. I'm a man, I'm a man. I'm a woman, I'm a woman. Black lives matter, white lives matter. Can you imagine having to cry out? By the way, when people say black lives matter, it's not saying that your life don't matter. It's just acknowledging, please just acknowledge that our life does matter. That's all that really means. And when you see a modern day 20th century lynching on national television, it's hard to convince people that black lives matter. But could you imagine having to cry out who you are? and then have rocks of stones of words, rocks or stones of words thrown at you. Go send her back where she came from. You don't belong here. You're not of the indigenous natives. Go back to where you came from. Could you imagine having to live such a life? The leper's body. An African-American body, Latinx bodies at the southern border Congress women of color, they seem to not be welcomed here. Why? Because of their skin? That's the problem that we need to heal in America, the soul of America. That's the problem. Racism because of skin? We get treated as if we're lepers? Dehumanized and, 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 and marginalized and, 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 and ostracized. It's unethical and immoral to do it then to lepers, and it is still to this day. Ah, but I thank God <laughs> for the faith tradition that I ascribe to that is, in an un, that, is, that is an uncompromising radical spirit of resistance to all and any forms of oppression, and is rooted in what Howard Thurman calls the religion of Jesus. And if we're going to heal the soul of America, if we're going to heal the soul or redeem the soul of America, the first thing that, that, that Jesus teaches us is we got to go to the other side. <laughs> we got to go to the other side and engage bodies not like your own. 
That's where we find Jesus, right? That's what we tell, ain't that what Jesus said? Jesus is in prayer. Next thing you know, he must get some instructions in prayer. By the way, if you pray, when you pray, you might want to stay in prayer a little longer because God might have something to say to you. I know, we, we think God is Santa Claus or something, you know what I mean? Do this, God, do this, God, do this, God. And then we get off our knees and then we go about our own bit. No, spend some time and let God speak to you. God spoke to Jesus and Jesus was instructed to what? Go to the other side. Because that's why he came to preach to the other side. We must be Bridge builders. If we go to the other side, we got to go to the other side and build bridges, not walls. Martin Luther King Jr. put it like this. People fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. We must begin to tear down these walls that separate us. Jesus is a bridge builder. Not a wall builder. Jesus would have us or would and teaches us to, to tear down those walls that separate us, those religious walls, those racial walls, those gender walls, those educational walls, those health walls, the, those, those socioeconomic class walls and political walls. The way we do that is by going to the other side in the power and the authority of Jesus and meeting people that's not like us. The, the traditional, the religious tradition called Ubuntu, the African religious tradition, Ubuntu, it teaches us that I am because you are. You are because I am. We are intrinsically connected to one another. Why and how? Because of the nashima, the breath that God had given all of us today to even be here right now. That's what connects us as human beings created in God's image. The Nashima, the breath of God is in each one of us which connects us. Let me move on. We must begin to see one another and to treat one another as, as if we're one tribe of people created in God's image. Here's the problem. <laughs> There's risk involved. And I'm almost through. Never believe a Baptist preacher who says that. But I am, kind of, I am getting close to being done. <laughs> Here it is. There is risk involved when you go to the other side to build bridges. You may have to break some ceremonial and religious and state-sanctioned unjust laws. The leper came to Jesus was a risky law-breaking move but for his healing to take place it was a risky requirement on his behalf then he came begging on his knees asking Jesus there's a so there's a risky re requirement there's a risky request he says if you are willing you can Make me clean. Oh, God. Notice how this leper goes to the other. Notice how this leper uh, 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 engages Jesus with humility and humbleness. When you go to the other side, go with humility. Don't go with a pious attitude as if you know everything, because we don't. Get humble. 
I don't know. Teach me. Talk to me. Let's get to know one another. This leper engages Jesus with humility. And he says, (laughs) if you are willing, you can make me clean. Hmm. Notice the leper does not challenge Jesus' canness or power. But what the leper does is challenges Jesus' willingness. Oh, God. <laughs> Let me put it to you like this. Let me see if I can illustrate this. I take my son. We was just shopping a few weeks ago because I do the sneaker and cleat thing with, for the boys. My wife does the clothes thing. Uh, that's, I'm not into that, you know. <laughs> she probably likes doing that more than me. So I, take them, I get them the sneakers and things, right? I think she bought the sneakers this time, though. But anyway, my sons, they'll come to me and be like, Daddy, can you buy this for me? And I'll look at them and say, I can. And then they'll say, will you buy it? <laughs> because they understand that my willingness is tied to the price. <laughs> Here in the text, G- G- the leper is not questioning Jesus's power or willingness. What he's questioning is Jesus's kindness. If you are willing, you can make me clean. I mean, he's not challenging his willingness. He's not challenging his, his power but he's challenging his will. And notice what the leper did not say. <laughs> the leper said, if you, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He did not say, I'm so glad he did not say, bless me, Lord. <laughs> he didn't say, favor me, Lord. He didn't say, honor or prosper me, Lord. He said, Lord, make me clean. That's a risky requirement on a leper's part when he came to Jesus. It's a risky request that he asked of Jesus. And finally, there's a risky response from Jesus in public. Look at the text. Then Jesus... (laughs) Text says, then Jesus, y'all know I love me some Jesus. This Jesus who was a smuggled in, undocumented, brown-skinned Palestinian immigrant. This Jesus in the text was born in a manger, a dirty stable, wet to an unwedded teenage mother and raised in the ghettos in Nazareth. This Jesus in the text recognized that the leper was fearfully and wonderfully made, even in his metal condition. That he, this Jesus recognized that this life, this body still matter. This Jesus is courageous, not complicit, brave, and not afraid. This Jesus in the text is not looking to be worshipped, honored, or praised. But this Jesus is looking for believers to follow him. And the reason we have this Jesus in the text (laughs) is because of his father in heaven who first recognized the value of human bodies. That's why God sent God's self to us in a body because bodies are important to God. You ever wonder why God came in a body and not in a tree (laughs) or a leaf? (laughs) Uh, I don't know, or in the grass. 
Oh, and rocks or stones. And I love this Jesus, this historical Jesus in the text because of how much his identity identifies with the most marginalized in our society. And he's also Jesus. This Jesus tends to break religious, unethical, immoral, socially accepted state section, unjust laws. Verse 41. Then Jesus, watch it here. Moved with compassion, uh, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Watch it now. The text says, as soon as he has spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Uh Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Y'all didn't get it. Let me read it one more time. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he has spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. See that theme of immediacy right there, right? Wait a minute. Listen, since it was the word of the Lord that healed the leper, Jesus, why did you break a religious and social law by touching the leper first? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Jesus, way before Thomas Jefferson said these words, Jesus knew that if a law is unjust, a man is not only right to disobey it, he is obligated to do so. Martin Luther King Jr. took it even further in his letter from a Birmingham jail. He said, one has a moral responsibility to disobey unjust laws. Jesus, I believe that Jesus, here it is, here it is, and I am wrapping it up. Real talk, I am getting there. Here it is, here it is. The text says Jesus moved (laughs) with compassion. I wish I could illustrate it, but we in this this social distance thing here, we in this social distance society, I can't really illustrate it the way I really want to, but Jesus moved with compassion. You know what compassion is? Yeah, that's, I'm glad you asked. Y'all asking such great questions this morning. Compassion, as Paul would put it in, where is it, Colossians chapter 3 somewhere. Paul said, put on bowels of mercies. That's what compassion is, bowels of mercy. Now, I don't know about you, but one thing I do know, that, that it don't get no deeper than your bowels. Bowels of mercies. Paul said, that's what compassion is. Deep mercy is what compassion is. And here it is. I just believe that the deep mercy, help me, Holy Ghost, in Jesus meets the deepest need in the leper, which was to be touched before speaking healing into his life. And as Howard Thurman would put it, when deep meets deep, that's a divine encounter. When the deep mercy in me can meet the deepest need in you, and when the deep mercy in you can meet the deepest need in me, that's a divine encounter. 
Because when we meet each other's deepest needs, you know what we're doing? We're actually meeting Jesus. Because Jesus said and teaches, when you do it to me, <laughs> the least of these, my brethren, when you do it to them, the least of these, my brethren and sistering, you're doing it to me. Jesus took a risky response and touched the leper as he was in public because he recognized that that leper's body was just as important. And have you ever wondered when the last time you touched a body different from you? And different doesn't mean deficient, by the way. We need to learn to embrace people's differences and not fussing about people's differences. When was the last time, how often do you touch a, a black indigenous person of color? Not with the touch that Sandra Bland received, or Trayvon Martin, or Rakia Boyd, or Tamir Rice, or Breonna Taylor, or George Floyd, or Mr. Booker, who was touched in Bloomington on the 4th of July, where a group of white men attempted to lynch him. I ain't talking about those kind of touches. I'm talking about the touch we find in the text. Because people have been getting touched. But they haven't been getting touched the way we see Jesus teaching us to touch. Jesus embraced this leper, which signified relationship, reconciliation, and redemption. And if we're going to heal the soul of America, if we're going to redeem the soul of America, what is the soul of America? Y'all are asking so many good questions this day. It was written in a 1776 document called the Declaration of Independence, where we hold these truths to be self-evident that all humans, Black humans, white humans, females, males, it doesn't matter, Jews, Gentile, are created equal. No matter what faith tradition you're in, or no faith tradition, that all of us are created equal. And that day we are endowed by our creator unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I hope that we will be better ancestors for our descendants by creating an egalitarian community, nation, and world that God and the authors of the Declaration of Independence envisioned. But in order to get there, we must go to the other side, take risk, be humble. And meet the other person's 
deepest needs. You know, in closing, you know, the biggest problem with racism in America, or throughout this globe, actually, because we really got to start thinking more globally and, 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 and not just nationally. Malcolm X said, if you don't understand this globally, you won't understand it nationally. But the biggest problem is racism keeps everyone from being their best. As I looked as much as I could, I couldn't do it for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's how long the knee was on the neck and the back and the back of the legs of Mr. George Floyd. But as I'm looking for the few seconds that I could stand it, I said to myself, I was reminded actually by, by a quote by James Forbes who says, as long as the foot or the knee is on the neck, you both are stuck. And as I looked as much as I could at that vision, I saw three police officers on the back with their knees on the back of a human being created in God's image who was in handcuffs. So callously, with a smirk and a hand in the pocket and shades on the head that didn't even budge. I said to myself, as long as the knees are still on the neck, the police and the person with the knees on the neck, they all are stuck. It kept all of them from being their best, as long as their knees is on the neck. And racism, as long as you keep your foot on people's neck, everybody is stuck. Nobody is free to be their best. And though, if we're going to follow this Jesus in the text, he teaches us Go to the other side, humbly, and meet, take risk, and meet the needs, the deepest needs of another God image. God bless you. Thank you. And I hope to see you again. Amen.